How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of English Encore. I'm your host, Nick English. Thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate everyone who's tuned in the past two days for the live sessions I had. I was very fortunate enough yesterday to have goaltender Marty Baran on for a live session that was about 40 minutes long. And then today, I was very fortunate to have two good friends of mine, um, coaches Eric Flutie and JC Brooks, on with me for about 50 minutes. Um, if you've missed out on those, please go follow at English Encore Podcast on Instagram. You'll be able to watch um, all of those interviews all the way through on IGTV. And you can just keep an eye out there for future guests I'm going to have on, as well as the podcast like this that I post there. Um, my Spotify link for that is also in the description in my bio for that. So please go give that a follow. I'd greatly appreciate it. Um, so today I'll be talking about um, Heisman candidates for the upcoming 2020-21 season for the NCAA football. Then we're going through six coaches in the NFL this season who are going to be on the hot seat. And then finally I'm getting into a little bit about the NCAA finally giving in a little bit to pay their athletes, um, not giving them direct pay, but um, allowing athletes to earn money in different ways. So I'll talk about the end of the podcast. So let's get into it. So starting off with the Heisman candidates, um, I'm going to list off three guys I'm going to talk about. Um, when doing the Heisman candidates, is very tough because um, it's almost like the NFL MVP. Unless you're a quarterback or running back, it's very hard to win this if you're a defensive player, a wide receiver, tight end, lineman, whatever you may be. Um, so And just going through, looking at the betting odds for this year's um, Heisman winners, doing my research... Um, I was really trying hard to find players that weren't quarterbacks, but um, to me, the three top candidates are all quarterbacks, um, one of which you've probably never heard of, and then two guys that you've heard a ton about and are likely to be number one and two picks potentially in next year's draft. Um, so starting off, my Heisman favorite is going to be quarterback Justin Fields from Ohio State. Um, he came off a monstrous season, had 30. 3,273 yards passing, 41 touchdowns, and only three interceptions to go along with 10 rushing touchdowns and 484 rushing yards. Um, honestly, I think everyone believes Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in the country for college football and think he's going to be the number one guy picked next year. But I'm here to tell you right now that it's going to be Justin Fields. I truly, truly believe that. I think Justin Fields is the best quarterback in the country. Every time I watch him play, his game is very smooth, great pocket awareness, um, has the athletic ability to run, but really only does it when he needs to, which I like. Um, my number two for this list is Trevor Lawrence, who also had a really good season throwing for 3,665 yards, 36 touchdowns, and eight interceptions, did deal with some injury issues, um, had nine rushing touchdowns and 563 rushing yards. Um, he's one that I was very surprised at his rushing ability. Um, I wouldn't compare him to Josh Allen as far as, um, you know, playing style, but I think Lawrence surprised people like Allen did in his first year in his running and athletic ability. Um, Trevor Lawrence's injury history is a little bit concerning for me. Um, I really just like Justin Fields' game better overall. Um, I think that Clemson plays a lot easier schedule than Ohio State does, and to me, you know, if there wasn't a miscommunication last year um, in the game where Justin Fields threw a pass that was intercepted at the end of the game to potentially go to the national championship game, 
um, we wouldn't it'd be a lot different conversation um, about who was potentially winning the national championship last year. But um, Fields and Lawrence are easily the top two Heisman candidates. But the third guy who I'm really excited um, to watch this year, if you ever watch the Elite 11 shows um, on YouTube or if you watched um, you know, QB1 uh, Journey on Netflix, you'll know who this is. It's Spencer Rattler, the quarterback for Oklahoma. Um, he's a guy I think that is going to be super good this year. We saw him play a tiny bit last year when games got out of hand. Um, but just looking at Lincoln Riley and the quarterbacks he's developed um, at Oklahoma, you know, you had Baker Mayfield, you had Kyler Murray, you just had Jalen Hurts, all guys who were Heisman final winners or in, you know, the final conversation for those spots. So Spencer Rattler's, excuse me, Spencer Rattler is a definitely guy you want to keep an eye on. He was the number one QB in the 2019 class. As I mentioned, competed in the Elite 11. He holds the Arizona record for the state, um, throwing for 11,083 yards in his high school career to go along with 116 touchdowns, 1,000 rushing yards, and 14 rushing touchdowns. So just an electric-type player. He has an absolute cannon for an arm. He's not the tallest player, but he's very, very smart and can get out of situations just like Fields and Lawrence can. He, he can run the ball when needed, um, and I'm really excited to watch him at Oklahoma. Um, you know, there are some other guys to keep an eye on. Bo Nix from Auburn's another guy. Um, the running back from Clemson is probably one of the few that has a chance uh, of winning the Heisman that's not a quarterback, but Fields, Lawrence, and Rattler would be the three names I would keep an eye on, and Fields is my winner. And don't be surprised if next year come draft time that Justin Fields overtakes Trevor Lawrence um, for that number one spot like many people um, think Lawrence is right now. I'm one of the few that thinks Fields is better than him. But, you know, just watch this season and you'll find out. Um, moving on to NFL coaches on the hot seat. Um, when I was doing this, I thought I'd probably do maybe three or four. But then looking at all the teams and coaches it was very clear to see that there was more than that and guys that I couldn't leave off of this list. So I came up with these six or coaches excuse me, who I believe should be on the hot seat for this season. Number six, I have Matt Patricia of the Detroit Lions. Um, he's clearly no Bill, Bill Belichick. He's one of those coaches that came from the Belichick system that everyone thought was going to be a great head coach, but has clearly not done so so far. He brought in a lot of ex-Patriots players like Danny Amendola um, to really spice things up, but it hasn't worked out for him so far, especially now that he has two great running backs. They just drafted Swift to go along with Carrion Johnson. They have great receivers in Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay, and then they have a great QB1 healthy at, with Matthew Stafford, and with seven teams now making the playoffs, in a division where, you know, Green Bay, I'm not really sure how good they're going to be. I know they had a good season last year, but, you know, with Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers kind of having some beef because of the Jordan Love pick, you don't really know how that's going to um, go down with the locker room. You know, the Vikings are very questionable. You know, Mike Zimmer's another guy, but I think he's done enough as far as making the playoffs and winning playoff games that he'll be around for a while, but they did um, trade Stephon Diggs to the Bills. And Justin Jefferson's unproven, so you don't really know about them. The Bears are a mess, so um, definitely a division up for grabs. 
especially with a bunch of other weak NFC teams. Um, this should be a chance for the Lions because they do have a decent defense and an offense that can put up points that Patricia should definitely be on the hot seat. Then you look at Matt Nagy, another uh, guy in their division who originally was in the running for, you know, coach of the year after his first year because with Mitch Trubisky, they went to the playoffs and everything. And, you know, everyone thought, you know, just because they missed a field goal because they're a kicker against the Eagles that, you know, this was going to be the team of the future. They got Khalil Mack. Their defense is all world. But, you know, Mitch Trubisky just hasn't been what they thought. You know, they picked him over Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, and he just hasn't been it. They bring in Nick Foles for competition, and they were just in the playoffs a few short years ago. You're looking at a team that, you know, in big games, instead of using the running backs like they just drafted David Montgomery and they had Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard, instead they're having Mitch Trubisky throw the ball 40 times a game, so that's very questionable decision-making on Matt Nagy's part. So he's another coach that's going to be on the hot seat. Um, Doug Marone of the Jaguars, quite frankly, I don't even know how this man still has a job. You know, it seems pretty clear that a lot of players don't like him. You have player year after year demanding trades to get out of there, not wanting to resign. Um, you know, Jalen Ramsey, you have Yannick Ngakwe now not wanting to play there. Um, they've been mediocre ever since they made a miraculous run to the AFC Championship game against the Patriots. And they've just been really bad since. They brought in Nick Foles last year to kind of be the savior. And he played one game and got hurt. And now they're deciding that they'd rather start Gardner Minshew, which I really don't agree with. You know, Leonard Fournette didn't get his fifth-year option picked up. Um, you know, they have some okay players on offense. I really like DJ Shark. But other than that, they don't really have anyone. Um, defensively, they're just losing more and more players. They don't have A.J. Boye anymore. They don't have Jalen Ramsey anymore. They don't have Yannick Ngakwe probably coming back this year at all. So, to me, Marone is very much on the hot seat. And if they don't win their division or make the playoffs, I think he's definitely going to be out. Especially in a division that's really up for grabs this year. You know, the Texans lost to Sean, or excuse me, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, Tennessee is pretty much the favorite. The Colts got Phillip Rivers, but, um, you know, all very question mark teams, very up and down year to year. So um, Marone's definitely on the hot seat. Dan Quinn, um, honestly, I think Dan Quinn's a pretty good coach, but he's almost in the Marvin Lewis type situation where he's a guy that you know is a good coach, but when you get to the playoffs, um, it just something doesn't click. And I know he made it to the Super Bowl and Marvin Lewis never made it out of the first round of the playoffs or anything. But it's almost getting that type of feel where with the talent that the Atlanta Falcons have on their roster, excuse me, if they don't make the playoffs, like that's just a disappointment. He's been on the hot seat now for two years because they've underperformed. They have a good quarterback in Matt Ryan. You have Julio Jones, one of, if not the best receiver in the NFL. They have Kelvin Ridley to go along with him. They've had good running backs. Um, I know they got rid of Devontae Freeman now, but um, they assured up their corner position, drafting A.J. Terrell from Clemson. So, um, to me, Dan Quinn's just on the hot seat because, um, you know, they blew the Super Bowl a few years back, and they just haven't really been the same since. Like I said before, with that loaded roster they have with a bunch of talented players, there's no reason they shouldn't be a playoff team. Um, Bill O'Brien. How this man has GM control is beyond me. 
they pretty much traded DeAndre Hopkins, gave him away for, you know, a box of cereal. They literally gave him up for nothing. You know, I really do love David Johnson, but for the contract that he has, it definitely was not worth it. And then not to mention you replaced DeAndre Hopkins, whose cap hits only about $10 million for Randall Cobb, and you're going to pay him 8.5 or $9 million a season? Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. If you want Deshaun Watson to be your quarterback of the future and face your franchise, why are you trading away his most valuable weapon on offense? And he's the reason you guys are even making the playoffs year after year before you always get bounced out in the first round. You choke into playoffs every single year, and most of it's because of bad coaching decisions. And then you have a good defense, but half your defense is always hurt, whether it's J.J. Watt, you gave up Clowney for next to nothing, um, you have older cornerbacks that constantly get hurt. Um, you know, they have some decent linebackers like McKinney, but, you know, they choke in the playoffs, like I said. And I just don't get why you wouldn't pay DeAndre Hopkins. That just doesn't make sense. Especially when your other receivers who are decent, you know, in Will Fuller and Kenny Stills, like, they're always hurt. And yeah, you traded for Brandon Cooks, but is Brandon Cooks going to make up? with Randall Cobb and Will Fuller for DeAndre Hopkins? The answer is no. Even if Cooks stays fully healthy and has a great season, he's nowhere near the level of receiver as DeAndre Hopkins is. You know, Brandon Cook is a lot smaller, has a tougher time with bigger cornerbacks. You know, the AFC is just loaded with good cornerbacks, whether it's Tredavious White, Stephon Gilmore, Malcolm Butler in their division. Um, Xavier Rhodes now is in their division, who if he turns it around, like he's a great corner too. So to me, Bill O'Brien should be on the hot seat. He's actually more of the Marvin Lewis type where he can almost never get out of the first round, but they consistently make the playoffs because they have a good quarterback and a great wide receiver and a good defense. But all that's up in the air this year. And then my number one coach for on the hot seat is Adam Gase of the Jets. The biggest reason just because of Sam Darnold's development, like he was brought in to be this guy that's going to develop Darnold into this great quarterback that he's supposed to be. And last year he didn't do that at all. Um, They were not, they were just a tiny bit better than the Dolphins. And I think many people even have the Jets coming in last place now in the division this year because everyone likes what the Dolphins did in drafting, getting Tua and really building up their defense. You know, I think the Bills, as I mentioned before, is a team to beat now. But, you know, the Patriots, until you knock them off, um, they're technically still the team to beat. They still have a great, great defense. You know, the Jets have an okay defense. Um, they don't have great corners. They have a great safety in Adams and good linebacker Mosley. Um, their number one pick last year, Quentin Williams, didn't do anything last year. Their offense is still lacking. They built up their offensive line, but your receivers are Jamison Crowder, Denzel Mims, and Broussard Perriman, and Chris Herndon, who always gets hurt, and they have Le'Veon Bell, who they didn't utilize, and Adam Gaze doesn't like. So in a weaker division where Brady's now gone, if you can't develop Darnold and at least compete and make the playoffs, I think Gaze definitely has to go. And then finally, talking a little bit about the NCAA. So if you haven't heard, I wouldn't say it's about a month ago now, they decided to start letting NCAA players make money, essentially getting paid. Not directly from the NCAA, but they are allowing players to receive money from third-party endorsements, um, social media, and uh, personal appearances. They're going to allow the players to represent the school and use the branding 
of their team, but they're not going to be getting paid directly from the NCAA. Um, I think this is something that's kind of been in the works for years. You know, I think they're really starting to feel the pressure now just because, you know, everyone wants the NCAA games back. Everyone knew back in the day when you were playing NCAA games and they had the players' numbers and these random names. They used the same exact player, just gave them a different name. You could always tell who they were. Um, everyone wants those games back. But especially now when Jalen Green, the number one prospect in basketball, and then Isaiah Ta, the number 13 player, decommitted from Michigan to go with Jalen Green to go play in the G League, that put a lot of pressure on the NCAA because now you have all these top basketball guys going and taking big chunks of money to play in the G League and just go get their education in the future and focus now on basketball. you got guys going overseas like LaMelo Ball and RJ Hampton who are top prospects in the draft this year. And I think the NCAA is starting to see that. Not that the NCAA was fearful of the G League, but and not that the G League's going to ever surpass the NCAA in any way because regardless, even if five or six of the top 100 players go to the G League or whatever, you still have so many good teams and coaches, and everyone still loves March Madness, the NCAA tournament, all the other sports. Um, you're not seeing other sports like, you know, hockey, baseball, these guys going to double-A and triple-A teams and skipping college. Like, you're just not seeing that really. Um, basketball is really the only sport you really have to worry about that with. And especially, and you know, NBA or WNBA doesn't have like that G League system yet, um, which I think they could in the future. Um, they don't have to worry about, you know, the women's basketball side as much. But I think the G League definitely put pressure on the NCAA. And everyone knows that NCAA is kind of a pawn and they use their athletes, which is very sad because they're making billions and trillions of dollars off athletes' likeness and whatnot. And the players don't really get to cut. Um, that they deserve. Not to say that the schools don't provide the athletes with good things, because some of them do get scholarships for, you know, taking money um, off their, you know, tuition and whatnot and help them with food and books and whatnot. And I think there are a good deal of players that the NCAA does help, but there's a vast majority, especially at the Division two and Division three level, when they're still putting in the same amount of hours and same work ethic as the Division One players is just a lower level because of, you know, just the skill set involved that they're not getting compensated properly. So um, I think it's definitely something to monitor going forward. I would be really excited for the NCAA to bring back those games if they do because it was probably my favorite game to play growing up. Um, but definitely something to keep an eye on, see if NCAA is going to continue to make more changes, um, even potentially playing the play more players in the future, athletes in the future, excuse me. But yeah, that's going to do it for today's episode. Like I said before, if you haven't done so already, please go follow at English Encore Podcast on Instagram. Had a few great live interviews the past two days with Eric Flutie and JSC Brooks, both great coaches from Mount St. Mary College and SUNY Cortland at the Division Three level. And then Marty Baran, former NHL goaltender for the Rangers, Flyers, Sabres, and Islanders um, yesterday, so go check those interviews out. I'll be back on Tuesday with another um, podcast episode. Hopefully by then or by Wednesday, I'll be able to let you guys know who my guest for next week will be for my live session. And I uh, cannot stress enough, I really appreciate everyone's continued support, and I hope everyone continues to keep tuning into these podcasts and live sessions. 
And if you can share that or go give it a follow, I'd greatly appreciate it. And I hope everyone's staying safe and healthy. Um, we're almost out of this, hopefully, and hopefully everyone's um, not getting too cooped up in their house or going insane. Um, we're going to get through this together, and thank you everyone again for your support and tuning in all the time. See you guys on Tuesday.